Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Biz Explorers, where each week we explore different aspects of Disney culture, Disney life, and Disney travels. Today on the show, we have our producer, Milford. Hello. Adrian. Hey, everybody. And Jessica. Hi, everyone. Christy. Hey. Crystal. Hey, you all. RJ. Hello, everyone. And me, I'm Mel. This week, we are going to be all about the loops. Loop music, which plays in every resort, every park, on the cruise line. And we're going to talk about our favorites, how the music sets the stage, the atmosphere, and even some stories that go along with the music. First up, Milford is going to share his top five musical loops from Walt Disney World. Well, my top five, my number five loop is the Epcot Fountain Music. I don't know how many of you have uh, actually sat and listened to the music and watched the fountains, but I just find it's kind of relaxing. It's fun to sit there and listen to the water come down and sound like cannons <laughs> while the music's playing, and it seems that they always have different music playing. It's just kind of fun. The fourth one's not really kind of loop music, but even though now it's closed due to the construction, uh, Streets of America, Hollywood Studios, it had some music playing, but it was a lot of more like background noise, car horns honking, you know, it was kind of more theme sounds for the area. My number three, I actually put Castaway Key, but I actually kind of meant Disney Cruise Line music in general. Uh, but on the island, they play a lot of island-type music, you know, Jimmy Buffett, reggae, all that kind of different music that you hear in the Bahamas. And then an extension to that, to the cruise boat, you know, they have different music playing in the room areas, in the hallways, uh, different music playing up on the decks, different music in some of the restaurants. And then, of course, my favorite night, Pirate Night, it's all pirate music, which is, like, way cool. Absolutely. My number two is one that a lot of people don't even realize is there. The front area of Animal Kingdom, when you're walking kind of around through the trees and those little cave areas, there's actually music playing in the background, and it's just kind of relaxing and not, you know, it's not rock music. It's not, it's just kind of... It's it's really hard to explain, but it's kind of cool and relaxing. And you know, while you're walking through there, looking at the animals, and you know, before you get to the hecticness of the park. And then my last one is Main Street and Magic Kingdom, which you know I'm sure is a lot of people's favorite. Um, you know, they change the music throughout the day. It might be you know when you go in in the morning, it might be music from like music from Music Man or different theater shows or old type music and then of course they change it based on the themes you know like if it's raining they have their little rainy day parade and play rainy day music and then of course you know they have special music for the Halloween and Christmas parties so that's my top five cool I like the Disney Cruise Line music too I bet that's a surprise Adrian <laughs> how about your top five <laughs> 
Okay, for my top five, my number five I picked was um, the music outside of Mickey's PhilharMagic. I love the old school vibe, the old school Mickey vibe of that. Number four, I chose the Animal Kingdom Tree of Life. I think really if you there was a theme to my top five, it would be animals and or entrance music because I just, I love the the music there. Number three, close to um, what Milford picked, I picked the Epcot entrance. I love that music as well. Number two, sticking with Epcot, the seas. I love the seas. I love how it starts out with the with the sea life music, you know, the animal noises, and before moving on into the actual instrumental. I just I love it. And then finally, number one is the Magic Kingdom entrance. I just there's something about that music that just gets you so excited and so happy and joyful, and um, you know, it's just magical. So that's my top five. I love the Magic Kingdom music oh. at Rope Drop. Yes, yes, yes that's yeah. tears. <laughs> Very Wally. Wally has that music in it too. But yeah, big tears on that. <laughs> Next, we have Jessica. <laughs> all right. So, all five of mine are from Disneyland. Number five is Tarzan's Treehouse. And I'm not sure if it's the same music as the Treehouse in the Magic Kingdom, but I just really like it because it's kind of subtle, but it, it's still. It has that jungle feel. And in Tarzan's Treehouse, the characters talk and you hear like the tiger growling and all that kind of stuff. So it's very subtle behind all of that. But it's just really cool. I really like it. And then number four is New Orleans Square. Mm. And this is kind of two, I guess, because about half the time that's live music because they have a whole bunch of different jazz bands that play in different parts of the land. But when there isn't live music playing, they also have a loop that's a lot of really cool southern jazz and it's just really fun all of the restaurants in there have patios on the waterfront so you can kind of sit and eat and listen to the music and it's just it's really cool it's my favorite land in disneyland is new orleans square so the music there is part of what makes it so awesome okay and number three i picked Fantasyland, and i was thinking more specifically about the music that plays when you're on the carousel how it's just kind of like an old-timey version of different classic disney songs and I think it's just so cool to kind of go around and look at the castle and listen to that music. It's it's one of my favorite things to do when I'm in the park. Um, number two, I picked Cars Land. The music there is kind of a mix of like country and rock, and it just perfectly sets the scene for being like a desert town. And there's just something really cool about walking down the street toward the mountains and just having the music playing in the afternoon, like when the sun is setting. I don't know. It's just really cool. And then my number one I picked is Space Mountain. It's my favorite roller coaster, and I think the music does such a good job of, like, pumping you up for the ride. And the music in the ride is cool, and the music at the entrance is cool because it's all dramatic, and it's like, oh, you're going into outer space. And that's definitely my favorite. I like that one, too. Yeah, I like the, yeah awesome. Yep. When you're walking by and there's the mirrored, it looks like you're walking by a curved mirror and the stars are all around you and yeah you're 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 making your own spacewalk yeah exactly yeah i absolutely love that all right next we have christy okay so i had a hard time making my top five so it's probably i could change daily but (laughs) (laughs) number probably yeah (laughs) number five i chose frontierland loop and main reasoning for that one was splash mountain 
and Thunder Mountain. Just the music on Splash Mountain has always been my favorite, and that is my favorite ride as well. So that's why I chose that one. For number four, I did Animation Courtyard at Hollywood Studios. For some reason, this music reminds me of my childhood a lot. I don't know, something about the area, and I just hope it's going to be different now, so I'm kind of upset about that because I love the drawing class, so that area is a favorite of mine. Number three, I did the land interior, and again, childhood memories very much so with my brother and I. We always loved that place, probably one of our favorite places still. Just love the music, like relaxing, and just reminds me of being a kid. And then I put my top two are Magic Kingdom entrance for number two, and then number one I did Epcot. Because Epcot has all the old school instrumental fragment of imagination. That's one of my favorite songs, so that's why I chose that one. Epcot music in general is probably my favorite, and I can tell it's a lot in this group as well. So <laughs> those are my top five. Awesome. Crystal, yeah. <laughs> what's yours? All right. So starting at number five would be the entrance to Typhoon Lagoon. So kind of playing to the to the cruise line music as well. So that Jimmy Buffett, Parrothead mm-hmm. um, vibe when you enter um, the water park. So tons of fun. Makes it feel like you're on vacation. Number four would be the Magic Kingdom um, parade music. In particular, the Festival of Fantasy Parade. So just the whimsical costumes associated with that parade as well as a you know dragon breathing fire throughout that parade just makes me think of Disney and gets me super, super excited about vacation. And I also loved the Move It, Shake It, Celebrate It parade that's no longer there, so my heart kind of breaks for that music. I know, it's gone. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I loved it. But in addition to like loving parade music, um, and I'll probably get some, some shade thrown at me for this one, but I kind of loathe the music from the Electrical Water Pageant. Um, that's like the only parade that I'm not like a big fan of the music. Have they updated um, that one since the seventies? No, it's no, no. <laughs> it's, it's no, pretty they, original. They haven't. The only thing they added was um, when they added, they changed some of the floats. So now there's it plays under the sea, I believe. But other than that, it's it's the original uh, Don Dorsey music from when it premiered. Oh, but wow. but they did make it digital. Yes, they did digitalize it. Correct, but it's still that same. Along the same lines as the original Main Street Electrical Parade was. Yep. Yeah, I love the idea of the electrical water pageant. I just, for whatever reason, that music like just <laughs> wakes me up at night. Um, in addition to that, <laughs> the number three kind of um, moving into the seasonal music at Magic Kingdom. So really loving like the seasonal parades, like Mickey's Boo to You Parade during not, the Not So Scary Party, as well as um, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas Time Parade. So I just love the parks during the holidays. My son was born on Christmas Day, so all of that seasonal Aww. stuff is Aww. kind of just awesome. ingrained in me. Yeah, yeah. Cool. That's cool. Number two would be the Adventureland music loop. Just kind of puts me in the mood for a dull whip, ride on the magic carpets, visit to the tiki room. Um, just feels like classic Disney to me. And then my last one, an all-time favorite, when I close my eyes and I think about being at Disney, I think of being on Main Street USA and hearing that background loop music. Um, you know, the Main Street vehicles that go by, the Dapper Dance, the Popcorn, Piano Player over by Casey's. Just that's my perfect version of what I envision like Disney World to be. So the Main Street USA um, background loop is number one for me all, all the way. Oh, cool. Obviously, you're not alone there. It's definitely 
is a favorite. RJ, how about your top five? All righty. Well, number five one, I went with the Tree of Life loop because I believe it's like Milford said, when you walk through those caves and stuff, that's actually an extension of it. That's called the uh, the Oasis Gardens. So there, that has a separate loop. But the Tree of Life loop is just nice. It's relaxing. It just puts you in that whole feeling of being in, you know, outdoors and the animals and and everything like that. And then for number four, I actually really like the holiday music that they play at both Animal Kingdom Lodge, the Jumbo House, and Kandani Village. It's a mix of a lot of sw- uh, Chris- American Christmas songs, but sung in Swahili. And with that whole jungle-type theme to them, has a special place for me. And we traveled down there Christmas a lot of times, so it just reminds me of being down there when, when my kids were first born and being down there with family. And then my number three is the current version of the Epcot entrance loop, which I know a lot of everybody else likes because, yeah, it just it hits on all the high notes of, of Epcot. You know, now it's, you know, unless they change it, it's going to have the old Soren music in it, which was one of my favorite soundtracks of an attraction and still plays the original uh, One Little Spark, which I know it isn't in the attraction anymore, but it's just, it's just a great, great loop. And then my number two will be the Innoventions Plaza loop which plays when the fountain music that Milford mentioned isn't playing. That's the loop that's playing all around in between there. And, and that one's just, that one is, is when I close my eyes and think of it, it's of Disney world that that's what comes to, to my mind because future world is probably my favorite area of all of Walt Disney world. And my number one is the current Tomorrowland loop. That one is just, it's just the best to me. I just love it. I, I listen to it a lot you know at home and on my ipod and everywhere else it's just it's just a great loop it just gets me in the in the mood i think it, it's themed perfectly to the land with the electric palm trees and all the other especially at night you know being on the people mover and listening to it as you're going around tomorrowland it's just just really cool i have about seven 17 other ones i can mention and and a bunch of stuff i can fill people in on all the ones that they like if, i think we all do it's pretty hard narrowing <laughs> yeah, it down. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, now I guess it's my turn. For number five, I chose Liberty Square. I love all of the colonial sounds. Even at Christmas time, all the colonial music, that's just something that I really, really like. But it also, depending on the time of day, they have the patriotic marches. I'm a marching band mom, so I really love the percussion. And you can hear some of the same music over at the Amer- the Great American Adventure Pavilion in Epcot, but I really like the patriotic marches. Very 4th of July, Memorial Day kind of thing. For number four, I picked Frontierland, that loop. When I get to missing Walt Disney World, when I know it's not going to be, or it was, or it's going to be much, much too long until I get to go there, Sirius XM has a bluegrass channel. And I put it on in my car, and it takes me back to Frontierland, although I do know Frontierland and bluegrass music, not necessarily the same, but it does have the same vibe. So I like that. Number three, I picked the France Pavilion, mostly over in the Bistro de de Paris, the, the French sounds. I love all of that. I trained a Pandora station at my house to La Vianne Rose, the Louis Armstrong sound and... 
it kind of reminds me of the movies Sabrina or Forget Paris or rom-coms from the 90s. That kind of a soundtrack, that kind of a vibe. For number two, I picked the Disney Cruise Line Sunrise on Deck Loop. Whenever you're on the cruises, the time of day, where you are, the music obviously changes to fit the mood. And Sunrise on a Disney Cruise is incomparable. There's nothing to compare it to. And the music is fitting. When we were on our last cruise, the first morning that we were there, the first sunrise, it was actually, there was a low level of clouds over the horizon. And so we were sitting there and you could tell that the sun had peaked over the horizon, but we couldn't see it over the clouds. And there was a little break in the clouds. And as the sun rose, it filled that break that the clouds framed the sun perfectly. And as soon as the sun was fully framed, the rays just illuminated the air and everyone went silent. You could have heard a pin drop, but right at that moment, you heard the early trills of Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. And you couldn't have made that moment more magical. It was perfect. But even as great as that was, that was not my number one. All right, and my number one, RJ, I thought of you a lot on DC on the Disney Cruise Line on DCL on Pirate Day. The Pirate Day loop is nice. fantastic. It is you hear, of course, Pirates of the Caribbean from the movies. You hear Pirates of the Caribbean from the attractions. Lots of yo ho yo ho going on. You also hear some of the Caribbean music that you hear on Castaway Key Day. You'll hear that as well. But what I really love is you'll hear the pi- the um, Peter Pan pirate music. You'll hear all of it, and it just really sets the mood for the party that's going to go on that night, the fireworks. It, it starts off quiet in the early early hours, and it just builds to pirate party time. You know, funny those, funny cool. thing about funny thing about that pirate music, and I don't think anybody notices it, but if you really listen, there's one song from a musical that they play during that pirate party music. And I can't think of the name of the song, but it's from Pirates of Penzance. Mm. Oh, Modern Major, Modern Major General. That's it. And I can. Oh. I know what I know. What I'm animal researching. Animal, vegetable, and mineral. mineral. Da, 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 yep. da, 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 well, I know what I'm searching for on YouTube when I'm done with this. <laughs> Pirates of Penzance. Oh, that that whole loop's got to be out there movie. somewhere. There were, it's a great musical, but there was a horrible movie in the '80s with Kevin Klein, and I forget the I forget the character's name in it, but he's one of the pirates, and it's it, it it's wonderfully awful. You'll have to see if it's I don't know if it's on Netflix or anything like that, but if you can catch that movie, you'll never get that hour and a half back of your life. <laughs> <laughs> it really is horrible but i actually like the music so mm. all right and in just all fairness in the i know barry's not with us tonight his skype was not working well his top five or fearless leader his top five was number five was the tomorrowland loop number four was the living seas loop Number three was the Stave Church in Norway. 
His number two loop was Spaceship Earth. I like that one, too. And think of Venetian. Yep. Number one mm-hmm. was, yes. uh, and we know this, his number one, of course, was the Innovations Loop. So. Definitely, definitely. Before you move on out of the music, there was just like, there was one question I wanted to ask uh, Jessica, because she's our yes. Disneyland person. The um, that the New Orleans Square music is, is fantastic, because it's just pretty much, those are just all jazz standards from actual New Orleans, and all those songs are great. Yeah. But, but I wanted to add, the Space Mountain I've heard most of it. Now, I know the Ghost Galaxy track that they play. Is that only during the Halloween season, like during the fall? That's not the main track that they play in there all the time, is it? No, they they play a special, like, it's it's close to the same, but it's a little more of, you know, like the spooky sounds. And that's just during Halloween and sometimes even into Thanksgiving a little bit. But it's not the usual one. Okay, I didn't think so. Yeah, yeah. It used to be like an old surf sounding thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like a combination of like surf music, sci-fi, yeah. almost like a little bit of rock, like all mixed together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And for I forgot who mentioned it, the Liberty Square. Oh, Mel, with the Liberty Square music. Actually, there's a great resource you can go and find to find all those songs. And actually, I think the loop has been recreated. If you mm-hmm. go to the Passport to Dreams blog, it's um, it's uh, MK Pony on Twitter. And uh-huh. she does a lot of great posts about music and reconstructs the loops and finds the original sources and stuff like that. So, oh, I, I, and it was actually her her one for this month. I just read it yesterday. So, if you're interested, she has I the love whole, all that colonial stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, now that we are have all shared our favorite music from Disney, Disneyland, Disney World, and Disney Cruise Line. Now we are going to turn over to what we call our weekly deluge. The deluge. Where some of our fabulous bloggers here share some of their most recent posts for the week. The first post, and I have it pulled up right now, is from Adrienne over at WDW Bound, where she talks all about snacking around the Epcot World Showcase. Definitely a post after my own heart. So, Adrienne, why don't you share your post with us? Okay, so I should probably preface this with most of my posts come from the ridiculous amount of research I do for myself and my own, (laughs) you know? You're not alone. This is, it's kind of what generated the idea of starting a blog in the first place. I thought, I'm doing all this work. I should put it somewhere. Um, Absolutely. So, when I realized. We're so glad you did. Well, thank you. When I realized that my husband and I were going to get to take an adult-only trip for our our anniversary, my first thought was, I need to eat all the food. And I need to be able to really spend time in Epcot, which, you know, to be fair, is the least child-friendly, I think, of all the parks. So I went ahead and dedicated a full day for, for Epcot and thought, okay, well, we need to snack around the world, which I had heard about and seen about, but had never really thought about putting into practice. So of course, like I said, my research brain said, okay, well, I want to know exactly what snacks are available. What if I pick the wrong one? What if I get something silly when I could have had this awesome thing that I didn't know existed? So I took it upon myself to look at every country in the world showcase, look at every quick service um, or little outpost um, place where you can get some food, 
log or write down every single snack. I even went so far in my own personal research to separate it into sweet snacks versus savory snacks, but I didn't go quite that far in the blog post, <laughs> but nice. you know, I'm, yeah, I'm a little crazy, but it's okay. That's um, right. So I started left, if you're coming from Future World and into the World Showcase, left at the Mexican Pavilion and then just kind of went clockwise all the way around until you get to Canada. And just like I said, I wrote down every single snack item that I could come up with. I still have not chosen what I want from each country. So I'm (laughs) definitely looking for some experience here. But yeah, that that was basically it. I thought, like I said, I spent a ridiculous amount of time researching food. And so I decided to put it out there for the world to help me figure out what I'm going to eat. Nothing ridiculous about it at all. <laughs> nope. Not at all. nope. Most, most of our trips are planned around where we're going to eat. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's like number whether, one thing. Whether the kids <laughs> want to or not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and without the kids, you don't have to worry about kid-friendly fare. So that's... That's, That's a bonus. Sure. Exactly. That's exactly. So I, um, I'm really excited about this. If y'all, y'all can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So do y'all have any suggestions, any favorite things that y'all have eaten? I would definitely, I haven't tried it yet, but it's on my to try list. The cronut. Yes. Yes. That is, I mean, I marked in the, um, in my post with an asterisk, the, yes, the, favorites that seem to be around and the cronut is everywhere so traveling the traveling dads did had a retreat there oh maybe about a month ago they are the i guess you'll call them the brother blog or brother website to traveling moms and two of the dads did a video of they went up to the kiosk and ordered the cronut and they ate the cronut and i was crying (laughs) <laughs> By the end of it, I wanted that cronut so badly because it was hysterical. I'll have to put that on the blog when I do the recap of the podcast, but definitely <laughs> made me want a cronut. So go for that. Okay, <laughs> definitely. The only thing I'm kind of disappointed in is that I'm not a huge fish fan, and it seems to be <sighs> fish and chips is the only option in the UK. So, well, this southern girl lived in this southern girl lived in Boston for three years, and <laughs> let me tell you. The two things that stuck with me are I can tell good fish and chips from bad, and I still say wicked. So <laughs> me too. <laughs> I can't get it out of me. I still say wicked. Thirteen, fourteen years later, but no, great. Yeah, fish I, and I chips haven't there. lived in Boston in eight years, and I still say it too. So I feel you. <laughs> uh, those, yeah, those, no. those, those, those fish and chips are are top notch. That's that's for sure. If you like them. If you like them, yeah. Well, we'll uh, find out. I'll report back after July. Awesome. <laughs> I don't know. If, I, have I don't to know. Say, if you can, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, Milford. I have to say, you know, one of our favorite places is in France at the Le Halles Boulangerie Patisserie. Uh-huh. Mm. And I'm sure I didn't pronounce <laughs> that right. I probably butchered that. But just the, the amount of sweets and both sweets and savory they have in there is just amazing. Uh, we've gone and the mimosas they sandwich. make. Oh yeah, that too. But we've gone in there and gotten sandwiches, and I mean they're they're I mean they're two meals. It's... Their sandwiches are so huge. Wow, and, and someone's good. 
And I know that one opens early, like it opens at nine. So I think we're going to stop in there maybe for breakfast. Yeah, there you go. Start I don't there. know if you can get in there from the front, but you can go in through the back door. Yeah, International Gateway. International Gateway, yep. Now, I don't know if this is considered a snack, but the um, the walk-up service place in Mexico, if you're starting there, that's one of my favorite places to grab either like it says nachos, but it's really a meal. I mean, two people could eat it if you really wanted to, but grab like a couple of the burritos or something a, and a Dos Equis. That's, that's a great snack. Oh, nachos. <laughs> <laughs> and they're loaded. They got everything on it you could possibly want. Oh, I really, really love food, y'all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm ready to eat a full meal right now. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right there with you. <laughs> I'm looking at your post right now and I see the troll horns in Norway. It looks like a cone-shaped cannoli. <laughs> right? all and all think. that crystallized sugar on the outside. Oh, my goodness. I've never those had are really that. good. I've had those. It's really good. <laughs> Sounds good. Yes. And if you've so never eaten at the option. if you've never eaten at the beer garden, the beer garden oh, is awesome too. Oh, that place is good. fantastic because they have a polka band that plays. Yep. And it's oh, a buffet. Oh, that. And you can Maybe get, when my kids, kids are older. You can get the 64 ounce beer in those gigantic yes. glass <laughs> things. And they're glass. They're not and plastic. They're yes, please. They're heavy. Oh yeah. <laughs> That'll make my husband very happy. <laughs> The show is great, actually. The kids will like it. We've taken our kids in there because the show is great. They can go down there and dance if they want to, and they, they get the whole crowd going. It's it's really fun. All right. Well, while we are still talking about food, because, you know, we all love food. It's not just you, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> Milford has a great post on the 2016 Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about that? Well, I guess, you know, the biggest news is is that it's now 62 days long, which is 14 days more than it normally is. So do you think actually, they're going to run thin, or do you think it'll be a good two weeks? Oh, no, I think it'll be a good two weeks. I mean, the, the place is, so it's crowded from the day it opens till the day it closes. And, <laughs> yeah, and you don't even, there. if you're from out of town, you don't want to go on Friday or Saturday night, because no. all the locals oh, no. show up, so... So this year it runs from the 14th of September through November 14th. They've announced some of the chefs that are going to be there this year. Jamie Dean's going to be there. Uh, the Cake Boss, Buddy Velastro is going to be there. Masar Hura, Morimoto. Uh, yes. And then a couple other people I don't recognize. And Kat Cora will be there. Oh, nice. So, And we actually we stumbled upon one of her shows last year when we were there. We walked into the old Body Works building, whatever it yep. was called, and mm -hmm. uh, she was actually doing a show in there. I mean, we were standing like 25 feet from her. It was pretty cool. And she was cooking, which was even better. Nice. And they were giving out free food. <laughs> uh, like yeah. that. Yeah. So, and along with this, they always have uh, what's called the Eat to the Beat concerts in the American mm -hmm. Gardens Theater. Now, they haven't announced all of the acts that are going to be there this year two that they're kind of highlighting is wilson phillips and boys to men I, I didn't even know boys to men was still touring but you know i guess <laughs> they're no longer boys i know yeah, they're yeah, no they're, longer they're, boys they've got men to be and men. adults it's just, yeah. call them men and men 
That's yeah. it. Uh, I know it's some like of my the high other, school. I know some of the other standbys that are always there. Dennis DeYoung's always there. Uh, usually, always Starship. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Big Bad Voodoo Daddy usually big, closes yeah, it big out. Boo-boo, bad Voodoo Daddy, though they weren't on the list last year. And then uh, sometimes they'll have uh, the Village People. Mm. I don't know if you've ever seen one of their shows, but it's a hoot. <laughs> I, I can only imagine. Work, my husband actually works with a guy who's the cousin of I can't even remember which one. He always just says it's the policeman or the construction worker. I don't even know which one it is, but it's so you know I've never met any of them, but it's just neat to have a little connection to the village people. Yeah, so <laughs> that is so cool. So as a part of this, also since some of us like beer, uh, they will have the uh, hops and barley area, which is in that obscure building behind Test Track that we never get to see used for anything. Uh, <laughs> Horizons. Yeah, or, no, not Horizons. That was not no. Horizons. Oh, uh, the one was, I know which one you're talking about. The one as you're going. To buy yeah, you kind of okay. cut around it when you're going to go over to Mexico. Is it not where they have like the, the dessert Odyssey. parties? Yeah, the they have Odyssey a lot of the parties there. Yeah, right. So okay. they have they actually have the hops and barley area in there, and you can actually go and get. Oh, cool. Two different. Last year it was two different tastings of mm. uh, six different beers in like a three ounce pour. It was like fifteen bucks for the beers, and they gave you this bowl of snacky stuff that had soy almonds in it, which was interesting. Um, <laughs> or not soy almonds, but uh, wasabi almonds. Oh, oh, uh, and that was it. Was actually pretty good. Okay. Different flavor to have with uh, high IP, uh, high IBU beer, but uh, it was it was good. So. And oh, and then of course you've got the uh, Chase Visa Card Members Lounge. So that's in the upstairs of the American Adventure, and I don't know if any of you have ever been up into that room, but it's pretty cool. It's all themed like the rest of the uh, building is, kind of that 1700s look furniture and all that stuff. But they have charging stations up there for people to charge their phones and free refreshments and things like nice. that so that they used to have that in where they're doing that beer thing now before they started the beer thing and that odyssey building used to be the little chase thing where you can go and recharge and yeah yeah do yeah. stuff like that in there yeah yeah and then uh, you know there's there's over 30 different global marketplaces so there'll be 30 different booths with different food from different countries and tastes and flavors and along with that comes different beers and different wines and all kinds of things. Uh, we will actually be going this year, so and, yeah, me uh, too. It, it's a blast. It is a blast. But I recommend staying away on Friday and Saturday night if you're if you don't like crowds because it's <laughs> very crowded. If you think New Year's Eve at Epcot is crowded, this is almost that close. Yep. I have some pictures on Veterans Day weekend. I have pictures on Veterans Day weekend, and it was wall-to-wall people. The holiday weekend, plus it being the last weekend of food and wine that particular year, we still had fun. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. And after all of this eating, lots of eating, (laughs) we have to relax and unwind. Jessica, Yes. On Duchess of Disneyland, you've got the top five places to unwind. So, please, we need to share them with us now. 
Sure. So for this list, I was trying to think of places where you can kind of sit and relax and regroup more than like eating or drinking, really. So I didn't include table service restaurants or bars. And I was basically trying to think of like seating areas that are just nice place to chill out for a while. Um, So I did a a top five list, kind of like we were doing earlier. So Number five, I picked the Village House restaurant. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been there before, but it's kind of tucked in the back of Fantasyland. And it's a really, really cute building. It's all Bavarian style inside. There's murals, floor-to-ceiling of Pinocchio scenes. And then the patio itself is, like, semi-enclosed. There's trees and lanterns around, and it's just really pretty. And it's surprisingly quiet for being in, like, the noisiest land ever. So... Let's see. Okay, so number four, I picked the Hungry Bear restaurant, which is in Critter Country. It's tucked, like, way as far back as you can go in Disneyland away from an entrance. It's behind New Orleans Square. It's behind Splash Mountain. It's way in the back, and it's on the waterfront. And I really like it because the patio is literally on the water, and because it's so far back, it is so quiet. Like, day or night, you're basically alone up there, and it's just really relaxing. It's super rustic. There's these lanterns that hang, um, and they look like oil lanterns, and it's just really pretty. And you can see, you know, the riverboat go by, and the canoes go by, and all that good stuff. And then, let's see. Number three, I picked the Gardens and Paradise Pier. Um, I'm sure if for those of you that have been to Disneyland before, you've stopped by there. There's always live music playing, and there's actually some nice areas with fans and roofs for really hot days. And it's just it's it's a nice spot because of its location. It's kind of like right in the middle of Paradise Pier, so it's easy to get to Grizzly Peak. It's easy to get to Cars Land. It's easy to get to California Screaming. It's just a really good spot, and the pasta place there is so good. It's one of my favorite restaurants too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then number two, I picked Flo's Cafe in Cars Land because the back patio of that place overlooks the whole mountain range where like the Radiator Springs Racers place is. And it's just gorgeous, especially in the afternoon because the sun hits it and it's just so pretty. It's one of my favorite places to sit. And no one ever goes there for some reason because maybe they don't know it's there, but it's just an awesome spot to be in. I would recommend it to anybody that goes to Disneyland to spend at least 10 minutes just like sitting in that patio because it's beyond cool. Nice. Yeah. And then the number one place I picked is uh, it's called Rancho del Zocalo and it's the Mexican restaurant in Frontierland. But you don't have to go into the restaurant to sit on their patio. And it's really, really pretty. It's a very quiet. It's right next to Thunder Mountain Railroad, but it's still somehow kind of like the village house it's semi-enclosed so it's still really quiet and there's just so many details you know there's iron on the walls and then they have periodic mariachi performances so it's just a really cool spot so if any of you go to disneyland anytime you should hit up one of those places if you need to chill because they're all really fun (laughs) yeah the picture of the rancho is really pretty yeah, and that's just the front. I couldn't get a good picture of the patio because there's so many trees blocking it, but it's it's a really pretty restaurant. I'm just going to have you give give me a personal tour. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, if you have any questions or anything, I'm so happy to help. Now, on, over on Seriously Y'all, which is my blog, this week I shared a memory of our Alaskan vacation, my middle son had lost a tooth on board 
And if any of you guys have ever had a child lose a molar, it it's quite an experience. And so my husband and my son were eating lunch up on the pool deck. And of course the tooth comes out. So my husband wraps the tooth up in the paper, in the paper napkin and they rush off to the bathroom to help my son get tidied up a bit because it it is messy when you lose a molar Mm -hmm. and they get back to the table and those ever industrious crew members are always cleaning, 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 cleaning. They get back to the table and the table has been bust. The food is gone, which is normally not a problem because on Disney, you just go get more. It's everywhere all the time, but the food is gone. The drinks are gone. The napkin with the tooth is gone. Oh, man. The tooth has been officially lost at sea. And I know that the tooth fairy would make wonderful magical visits to any Disney destination, especially Disney Cruise Line. However, we had no tooth to put under the pillow. And let me tell you, never fear guest services to the rescue. They assured my son, yes, the tooth fairy will come she knows and he was a little bit nervous because he was at that age where this this was a big night it was a molar and it was going under his pillow but he didn't have it so he went to bed and overnight we always do the fish extenders on our cruises and if you've ever seen been on a cruise you'll see these long i don't even know they're they're usually made of fabric and they have pockets for each person and you can put in little gift items in each pocket and they hang on the fish outside of your stateroom door. That's why they're called fish extenders. Anyway, so you have the fish extender on our right outside of our stateroom door and Kevin's had his name on it. And when Kevin woke up in the morning, we found out that the tooth fairy that visits Alaska, her name is Celine. Celine, the tooth fairy had visited our stateroom and gave Kevin a wonderful note expressing, you know, you know, her congratulations on him losing her, his tooth and hopes that he's enjoying his cruise. And she left him a button. I never knew that there was an, I lost a tooth button. I've seen birthday buttons. I've seen anniversary buttons. I've seen all kinds of buttons. I had never seen the, I lost a tooth button. And it's actually the Cheshire cat smiling with a tooth missing. It's the cutest. And she also left Oh, a, oh that's pretty a, cool. And she also left an arcade card for him to spend some time in the arcade as well. Oh, awesome. So you know, oftentimes I will say those guest services, the cast members and the crew members are my unsung heroes. Whether it's because I hit the lost and found almost every vacation. <laughs> or <laughs> I've I have lost cameras. And guest services have found them. I've lost lanyards with my photo pass cards. Guest services has found them. We've lost jackets and all kinds of things. And this time, we lost a tooth. Now, guest services could not return the tooth. <laughs> but that would be something. Been, that would be that something been, if they had a thing of plastic teeth. <laughs> I would have been disturbed. But... <laughs> But they did the next best thing, and they really made it magical. In fact, my younger daughter was frantically wiggling teeth <laughs> once she saw what the tooth fairy had left her brother. Alas, she did not lose any teeth on board. But it <laughs> didn't stop her from trying. 
think that's just sweet. It's just adorable. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really cool. It is. I, I love those guest services people. They they make things magical. They fix problems all day long. Sometimes they see us at the worst part of our vacations when we really need their help. And then they're always there with a smile. Yeah, they upgraded us once to the presidential suite in the Grand (gasps) California, and it was so cool. Wow. I want that cast member. I know. I know. (laughs) Well, we thought they were joking when they said, okay, your suite is ready. So we were laughing. And then, you know, they escorted us upstairs. And I think... They were regretting their choice because we were freaking out so much. (laughs) (laughs) I would too. It was so cool. Oh, wow. How long were you there? So we only stayed for one night. And and the guy explained to us that those are the people that get upgraded the most often because people rarely stay one night. So Mm -hmm. if one of their suites is empty, they just pick a random person to put in it. That's awesome. Tip. Yeah. That's when they need to put the card in that special slot in the elevator. So it goes up mm-hmm. that extra floor. Yeah. It was <laughs> so cool. It had like a grand, it had three entrances, which was just ridiculous. It's and ridiculous. it had oh, wow. like this living room and a kitchen. And, you know, I was just there with my cousins. So we were just laughing because, you know, we're three 20 year olds. What are we going to do in this <laughs> presidential suite? Wow. But it overlooked like the Paradise Pier so we could watch World of Color from our room. Like it was just oh, wow. so cool. Did you leave the room ever? I think I would have just stayed there. (laughs) Uh, We actually, we canceled our dinner reservation so we could have room service and just sit in the room. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Love it. Absolutely. It's like a once in a lifetime thing. Oh, I know. It was so cool. Makes you wonder what famous people had stayed there before you. I know. They Mm. need like a guest book. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That would be cool. We we had a similar, we didn't get upgraded, but when my brother had had some vacation club points at the Bay Lake Tower, he bought into it when it, they were building it, so he got it in at a decent thing. So he coupled together points with my father, and we stayed one year, uh, we went right after Christmas, so we were there through New Year's, through race weekend, and we stayed in a, pulled them all together, we had a big, huge, the two-bedroom thing, so we're all in the same, with the castle view, it looked over the thing, that was ridiculous. Oh. You woke up every morning, you open the shades, and there's the castle. It was my oh, son's so wow. My son's it was his fifth birthday because it was the beginning of January. And with that, like um, Jessica said, where you could see the their fireworks show in Disneyland, you get access to the um, the uh, the lounge. Up, I can't think of the name of it now. Up on the top of the Bay Lake Tower, and it's only for people staying in the tower. Like regular contemporary people can't stay in there. So at night, before Wishes comes on, about a half hour before that, there's a guy in the elevator, and if you show him your your DVC credentials and your room key, he'll take you up, and you can go. And there's an outdoor area like a patio outside with the music piped in from wishes. And you're looking right over the lake at, at the castle and space mountain. You can see the whole thing. Wow. And it's such, it's such a strange view because you can, you're watching like when you're in the park, you see all the fireworks over the castle, unless you're back in behind the castle in fantasy land. But from there you can see where they shoot them off, which the barges are way off in the water behind space mountain. So it's a weird thing to see because they're not sh- oh that's interesting they're not over the castle yeah because they don't fire them off from anywhere in the magic kingdom if you're there only those ones that they those perimeter ones that shoot off around the castle those are the only things that go off on the property otherwise yeah the barge is way out actually where they park that little 
electrical water pageant parade. It's in that waterway behind the monorail roundhouse where they fire all that stuff off. But the view was ridiculous, and the, the music's piped in. There was a you know, there's a bar right there, so it was that was that was another once in a lifetime thing. <laughs> oh, it's the top of the world bar. I was trying to figure it out, and it just connected uh-huh. for me. Top okay. of the world bar. Yep, that's it. That place I, is awesome. I thought it was called that, but then I I thought that was I was thinking of the restaurant in the uh, A-frame of the contemporary. I thought that was called the top of the world, but that... It, the California uh, that's, that's Grill. That's the California Grill. It is now, but it was called something similar to that. Bef- before it was California Grill, it had another name, and I believe it was yeah. something to that effect. Top, that. Of, top of something. Yeah, yeah. It was. It had another name when it was originally... When, it, when uh, the contemporary first opened. Their Moscow mules are awesome up there. I've never eaten up there. My parents Wait a minute, have. They I've have Moscow mules up there now. At uh, top of the world, yeah, they're awesome. I have not been up there in so long. You know, a little secret tip: you can take the elevator to the floor right below it, and then just take the stairs up, so you don't have to be a DVC member to sneak in. There oh, you really? go. Well, Good I'm, always, tip. I'm a DVC. So member, local so tip. <laughs> yeah, local tip, right? <laughs> Sneaky. That's I awesome. like it. <laughs> like I know how to sneak into the bar. That's what I'm good for. <laughs> <There we go>. <laughs> <laughs> Those <laughs> are the kind of tips we need. Absolutely. Absolutely, I like that. All right, guys, I think it's about time to wrap it up. I can't believe we have just finished episode three. Woo-hoo! We have come quite a way in the last month or so. All right, so when we log off, we like to let you guys know how you can find us online. Well, you can get a hold of Christy. You can find her on Twitter at Tink3988. And Crystal. Yeah, check me out over on Twitter at Disney Brewing. And Adrian. My blog is WDWBound.com, and I am on Facebook at AdriWDWBound and Instagram at AdriWDWBound, and also on Twitter at WDWBound underscore dot underscore com. And RJ. I can be found on the Facebook at RJ Lucia Jr. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at BlackPearl454. Jessica. So I am at duchessofdisneyland.com. You can also find me on Facebook under Duchess of Disneyland. And then Twitter and Instagram are Duchess Jessica. Milford. You can find me on Twitter at Milford on Move and on Facebook, uh, Milford Hutzel on Facebook and on my website at milfordhutzel.com. And this is Mel. You can find me over on SeriouslyAll.com. On Twitter, I am DCL Navigator. I'm also DCL Navigator over on Instagram and Pinterest. All right, everybody. Thanks to our fearless producer, Milford, for keeping us together this week. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks a bunch. Bye. Bye.